Welcome back, everyone, to another 20 Minutes of Winning. We're here with Larry Thornton. How are you today, Larry? Great. Doing good. How have you been? Outstanding. Um, you know, we're, school's closed at the moment, so I get a little bit of time to catch up with uh, yeah some activities like this. So I always enjoy those uh, opportunities. Well, great. Well, I looked at uh, your prepping me. And it looks like we have an awesome, awesome talk coming up today on this one, one of my favorites. I think so. We're going to talk about Chapter 20 of your book, Why Not Win, which is titled, Your Ultimate Success Lies in the Success of Others. Uh, I want to talk about uh, two women that you discuss in the chapter who um, seem to win through people skills, in yeah. different ways, um, very uh, different personalities, the way that they're described, but they both have added a lot of value, not just to your uh, professional success, but also to that success of others. Uh, the first is uh, Walker Jones, your colleague on a board of directors. And in the book, you say to observe Walker is to experience a composition of people talents united in a masterful symphony of success. That sets a high bar for her. Um, What would you like to say about Walker Jones and how she deals with other people? Yeah. Well, I'd love for you to have an opportunity to meet her. She is everything that I've stated in that line. And I love that line. I'm so happy that I wrote it just that way. Um, Dave, there's absolutely nothing like the overwhelming significance of importance. There's nothing like the the way one feels when Walker greets you. Doesn't matter who it is, president of the company or someone who's working on our bottling line, Walker has a way of communicating without words that you matter. It's a powerful message there. Everybody matters. And if you can make them feel that they matter, then they'll automatically become a part of your success. It's so significant. The mantra to our institute is work hard, relate hard. Well, I'm about to make a minor adjustment, but it's going to be a powerful one. And that is work hard, relate harder. Uh, I can't wait to make that adjustment because the more I live, the more significance, uh, <clears throat> the more significant that that uh, mantra becomes to me. So Walker uh, is one for relationships. I have honed my own people skills as a as as a relate of having gotten to know Walker. Um, let's talk about Pat Greensmith. I think you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. earlier which is quite the opposite in terms of her approach and her style, but effective all the same. Pat was just dogged. Uh, and I want you to make a comment or two from what you deducted from reading about those two. Well, I'd like to read a well. sentence that you wrote. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let's do that. About Pat. The funny thing about life is that oftentimes, even experiences were individuals who at first glance seem outright horrific and in the end, confer the greatest blessings. Yeah. So yeah. she seemed horrific when you first met her. <laughs> well, she was just so dogged about 
getting us to the next level. And this is, of course, with the McDonald's restaurant business. And we thought very much like Ms. Nichols, that she was hard and coarse and unwavering. And yes, Ms. Nichols was all of that. But <laughs> that's exactly what I and so many of the other students needed. And Pat understood that well as a business consultant uh, with us. Uh, nobody visits a restaurant on the weekend. Number one, you're busy. You got people in and out. When Pat showed up to evaluate us three Sundays in a <laughs> row, it's like, OMG, this cannot be real. But she said it from the very beginning. Any day, any time, I'm subject to show up. And she meant that. But we had little choice but to up our game, and she took us to a level, uh, and some of the uh, successes that we gained over that period of time, um, we still enjoy those today, this thing about clutter that she had. But <clears throat> relationships, Dave, are so important. In one of our sessions, and our listeners ought to hear this, I'm going to make the case that most of us work harder than we otherwise should. Now, I've been so reticent to conclude that, but I'm there. I'm there. If we could take a commensurate amount of our time, let's say 15, 20% of nose down to the grind, make it happen, get it done, and just raise up and recognize people, you know, recognize people, include them in. Our restaurant managers are no uh different. We have their jobs should be and could be the easiest job in the store, except they don't recognize, they don't include. We're not relating nearly uh, as much, not even close to as much as perhaps we ought to. There are little things, Dave, like three of the most important phrases in the English language. I think, thank you, please, and excuse me. We don't employ them as well as we should. And when well, we do, we think that is only relative to our superiors, but it is much, much more significant to our subordinates when we can say those things. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things I hear from people when people skills are being discussed is, well, you know, I'm introverted. I don't really have the ability to relate to other people and engage yeah. them in, in conversation and make them laugh. Um, but anybody, regardless of whether they're an introvert or an extrovert or somewhere in the middle, phrases like, please, thank <sighs> you, excuse me, may I, how was your day? I mean, anybody can offer up these phrases, um, I think it's important that you convey a sense of authenticity. Yeah. And my my sense when reading about um, Walker Jones was that a big element of her ability to dine with kings and queens or relate to the person on the bottling line is that there's an authentic interest in the other person there. Yep. It's not yep. an act like we might see with, um, you know, certain politicians, for example. I agree with you. You said something a moment ago relative to uh, people just not 
you know, getting the, the significance of recognizing people, uh, understanding and welcoming people. Uh, there's a quote that we often use uh, in the Institute in our presentations. Uh, it is a quote by St. Francis of Assisi, which says, go forth and preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. So when you spoke a moment ago about the messaging and the messages that we send arbitrarily, and we're not even aware of it in our demeanor, in our tone, in our style, our facial expression, you know, we are sending a message. And I want you to use that term again. You didn't say sending a message, but there was another term that you used uh, as we are connecting with people, we're oh data. You said that we're we're communicating mm. data. We're we're feeding information, <laughs> and I'm reading you, and uh, it happens every day. But if you're not aware of that day, uh, we can do ourselves a grave disjustice uh, and being misunderstood and misrepresented, and it happens all the time for no other reason than we're not relating very well. Yeah, even if you're a, a quiet, reserved person, you can open a door for somebody, hold a door for somebody. You could little things. Yeah. <laughs> bring a cupcake to your coworker when you buy yourself a cupcake. <laughs> These don't I think lots of times people confuse charisma and people skills. You know? Oh, wow. it's it's easy for a charismatic person like Larry yeah. Horton to have yeah. people skills. You know, he can make anybody smile, he can make anybody laugh. There's a lot of things that go into people skills that have nothing to do with charisma. It's just manners and actions yep. and and demeanor, deportment, behavior. Dave, thank you so much for sharing that. What a powerful uh, line there. Uh, we excuse ourselves because we have this misunderstanding about, about levying <clears throat> significance on other people. And we do it for the most trivial of reasons, you know. Uh, they're not as smart, they're not as educated, or they don't live in this place or that place. All of these things that get in the way of, wow, relating um, I, you, I'm sure I've shared with you, but it's worth listening, our listeners hearing this. Uh, a good friend of mine called, and he had heard about the book, The Ones That's Behind Us. And he said, Larry, I've, I've been hearing about your book, man. You know, where can I get it? And, uh, you know, and I hadn't seen his name was, well, I won't give his name, but I hadn't seen him in, gosh, 15 years, Dave. And I said, well, <clears throat> you can get the book on Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, even Amazon. However, I have given explicit instructions to not sell you a book. You can't buy a book. The only way you can get a book is to have a cup of coffee and an egg McMuffin with me. Now, how many people would have simply instructed him on where he could get the book? But we don't take time with individuals. So he comes over, we spend an hour and a half a great guy. I hadn't seen him in years. He gets home, Dave, but within two days, he says to me, Larry, when I got home, my wife, Barbara, took my book, went upstairs, and she didn't come down until she had completely finished reading your book. We have now bought 20 books, and we want you to personalize them, but Barbara wants to come with me. 
Well, Barbara happens to be a uh, retired uh, city school principal. She came to me and she said, uh, as I'm signing these 20 books, now one book that was just a gesture turns to 20 purchased books. Then she says, this book should be read in our Birmingham City School system. It should be read at this point in the year and again at this point. Now, pay attention to what she did not say. She never said, I'm going to call Dr. Sullivan and ask him to call you. She didn't say, I'm going to call Dr. Sullivan and ask him to expect a call from you. She didn't even say, Dave, I'm going to call Dr. Sullivan and arrange a meeting for us. Here's what she did say. I'm going to call Dr. Sullivan and discuss this matter with him. She goes in. Within three weeks, we get an order for 1,300 books from Dr. Sullivan. That's not the end of the story. One book to 20 books, 20 books to 1,300 books. Six weeks after that, Dr. Norman calls and she said, Mr. Thornton, I was so impressed with the book that Dr. Sullivan had me to read. I have purchased books for all of my 10th graders, 1,490 books. One book, 20 books. 1,300 books, 1,490 books. In our meeting, which she thought I didn't have time for, Dr. Norman, we got together, egg McMuffin and coffee, <laughs> and she committed to 1,500 of the graphic novels. And those kinds of opportunities are missed every day because we don't recognize and value uh, other people. I'm telling you, it is so significant. Our success in life is inherent within the success of other people. I think another way to to stay to say that is by relating harder, you're making an investment in relationships that can then pay off in ways that you can't possibly foresee. Like when you told that gentleman we have to get together, I'm sure a lot of that was he just wanted to catch up and have a nice time and see what he's been up yep. to in life. But that leads to the purchase of thousands of books that of books. infuses a bunch of cash into the why not win institute and you know more importantly gets thousands of books in the hands of yeah. uh young people and i think i've expressed this to you before you know if birmingham city schools is buying 3000 books across the two i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't expect all 3000 of those kids to change the way they think or Yep. any sort of revelations based on reading one of the two books. But if only 10% of them do, that's 300 lives improved. And yep. what could be more spectacular than that? Because those individuals will go on and inspire thousands of people. If you read the Ms. Nichols story, what she did for one little old not going anywhere me Today, when I look at the number of people who have prints of my art, the number of folk who are now being exposed to the books, that's the significance. Someone said once, Dave, you may have heard it, uh, but I thought it was so well stated. You can count the number of seeds in an apple, but you can never count the number of trees in a seed. So, Let's not be dismayed when we go and we speak or if we're giving advice and it looks like nobody's getting it. One or two. I've got 75 people here. One or two. That's enough. That's enough to make a difference.
Yeah, there's that multiplier effect that we know exists, but we don't know where it's going to go. You know, that one person out of the audience of 75 might eventually turn into thousands of people affected in a That's positive my point. way. Yeah. That is my point. Zig Ziglar says it this way. You can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to help enough other people get what they want. Our success to our listeners, I'll, I'll say to you, is inextricably linked to the success of those around you. So let's extend opportunities for others to win in life and watch your own winning accelerate. It's just that simple in my mind. I think it's also important to mention that uh, you know using these people skills like we're talking about, it's fun, you know, sitting down, having an Egg McMuffin and a coffee with somebody you haven't seen for a number of years. It's fun. Yep. Um, a couple of my previous employers, uh, our department had traditions where at least once or twice a week, we would go out as a group for lunch. And at some level, you feel like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm giving up an hour of work time. Wouldn't I just be better off? Yep eating yep. a sandwich at my desk and keep working yep. on my research project. But it goes back to your idea of taking 10% of the time that you would work and using it to relate harder. You would build those relationships at those lunches. You would find out what people are up to in their lives. Many times it would lead to collaborations on research projects that would have never come up yep. otherwise. And so, those sort of culture building activities, it's hard to put a number on how much of an effect they can have in a positive way. Right. The other side of that is to <clears throat> let's look at the amount of time that we spend at work. And I cover some of this. I touch on it in the book as well. But look at the amount of time that we spend at work. But for most people, I'm going to work doing my time as if you're in prison and I'm getting off <laughs> and I'm going. And we never take advantage of the people skill opportunities that we have. I will never, ever be an eminent scholar like my good friend that I'm on this podcast with, whose title is eminent scholar, Dr. Dave Ketchin. Well, just before we started the podcast today, and our listeners should take note of this, you were sharing with me some important information that's valuable to my continuing growth. I can't go and get a PhD, and I don't necessarily have to. But if I pay attention to those around me, can you just uh, wouldn't believe the 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 experiences, the travel experiences, the educational levels that our coworkers have? but we're not relating to them. We're not inviting them in. So thank you for what you added to me and the value you added today. Uh, so I still know how to paint and draw. I don't think you can paint and draw. I haven't seen anything that you painted. I'm and terrible. Drew, I'm know? terrible. Uh, right. And that's why you have a piece of my artwork and I'm setting up for another piece that you're going to have. So let's just relate. You'll help me and I'll help you. And that's the way it ought to be. It's amazing where we can go in life. Yeah, and that's a total two-way street. Uh, as you know, I teach a class in uh, on franchising. And over the years, it's been incredibly valuable to 
tap your insights about what works and what doesn't work in the franchising context. Yeah. So thank you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, talking about uh, taking just 30, 45 minutes, an hour when we go to have a beer together or when we go to let's give a plug out for a show enough barbecue. Alexander City. (laughs) Alexander City. Some of the greatest uh, sessions that, that we've had is just kind of over pizza or uh, having some barbecue at Show Enough Barbecue. Let's take time for people. The results are immeasurable. Yeah, and, you know, those uh, sessions in Alexander City at at Show Enough, um, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, it's basically halfway (laughs) between us, so we'll meet there for lunch. Oftentimes with our friend um, Dan Broughton. Dan Broughton, uh, yeah. You know, that, I think that's a good example of uh, how people skills can make a difference. You happen to be doing a talk locally here in Opelika at uh, Golden State Foods. And I just asked Dan, who I keep in contact with pretty closely, hey, you know, yeah. would, you, would you like to go see my friend Larry speak? He's like, yeah. And uh, the next thing you know, you guys strike up a friendship. And the next thing you know, he's sponsoring the creation of the graphic novel yep. as well as yep. support, unbelievable supporting the creation of our initial inventory of 9,000 books, you know, all because you two struck up a friendship through your yep. mutual uh, people skills at Golden State Foods. Well, you know, I can't say enough about uh, Dan and his awesome support of what we're trying to do. And while we're talking about all of the these books that we're selling, it's very important for our listeners to know that we don't make a dime. All of the proceeds, 100% goes back into uh, the Institute, which helps us to get along with um, the work that we do. But before we wrap up, and I know we must be getting close, but I just wanted to give this illustration. Walker Jones, when I opened my first restaurant, Walker Jones and her dad happened to have been the very first customer Mm -hmm. that I served. When I opened my second store, Crawford Johnson, Walker Jones, my first customer. And I would repeat that on every store that we opened. And what's the significance of that? It recognizes the person. I cut my teeth at Coca-Cola learning how to do business. When this gentleman retired from the board of directors, I don't think that it was a small coincidence that he said, he wanted me to replace him, to take his seat on the board of directors of this great company, all because we related well. Gosh, it's not, so not a seat, his seat. His seat, <laughs> which caused me to buckle my knees to buckle when he <laughs> said it that way. But that was in 2003. And to, to this day, I'm still just. So humbly honored to have an opportunity to be a part of this great organization. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, um, but that always happens. Always, I know. Happens. People skills <laughs> is something we could talk about for hours and hours. Absolutely, one of my favorites. Well, thank you, Larry, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, my friend. 